Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This week on Catch and Shoot 2.0, hey, we're back, and so is the association. We check in on all that's going on around the loop and what has already been an eventful first week. Plus, Otto and I look into our crystal ball to see who will be holding up the Larry O'Brien Trophy in June and who will win the individual hardware. But first, Darlene, let's get to it. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice our hosts are aaron berlin a former kansas jayhawk who believes the orlando magic will win the championship eventually <laughs> his partner is otto strong a man who has covered the nba since before dennis rodman got his first tattoo fellas Welcome to Catch and Shoot 2.0. I am Aaron Berlin, along with my partner. He is the one. He is the only. His name is Otto Strong. Otto, what's up? Hey, man. It has been a while. Been a minute, but it feels good. It's crazy that we're back. We're back on time with regular games and all the good stuff. What's up with you, man? I, I was going to say I was disappointed, you know, during our summer break. Didn't get one single text from you. Didn't get one hey. single text from you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You must have been like Otto goes international or something like that, you know, just off living your best life, not thinking uh, about basketball. Uh, it was, it, I think it was more two a days with Dallas Cowboys <laughs> than anything else, to be honest with you. It's okay. My Kansas City Chiefs haven't been anything to watch this year. So I wasn't going to bring it up, but notice, folks, we're about, we're about one minute and 11 seconds in. And so there you go. It's okay. We haven't gotten a Kansas <laughs> basketball reference yet, but it's going to happen at some point. Oh, it's, it's but, but, but anyway, so the NBA season is back. Um, we had an eventful first week. The Orlando Magic looked awful for their first two games. And then you knew I was going to do this. We're going to talk, obviously, LeBron, Sixers, Ben Simmons, and all that. But I, I have to ask you about this. What happened on Sunday night in the Garden with the Knicks and the Magic? What happened there? I, look, man. What, so, <laughs> uh, we, well, we, we decided to throw you guys a ball. <laughs> How's that? I, oh, man. Well, so it was interesting because Friday night, um, I've been paying a little bit more closely attention to the magic lately. Mostly, yeah. you know, they're in my backyard. The last few years have been really tough, but I'm intrigued by this starting lineup now that they have where they have five players who are all 23 years or younger. And I'm also very intrigued at what Jamal Mosley does with this club, but it was a tough thing with them basically playing a home and home with the New York Knicks. They open their home portion of their schedule in the Amway center, get drubbed. Evan Fournier looks like he's the second coming of whatever New York Nick that you want to say with the way that he's shooting threes with how efficient he is. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, and it's tough to win a home and home series like that, but I did not expect the magic to waltz into the garden and win that game. Man. Like I, I feel like there's, I feel like we're just, you know, we're, 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 everyone's filling each other out. They, like, I don't think, like, I mean, Chicago Bulls, 4-0. And some people are like, hey, the Bulls should be taken seriously. Have we seen who the Bulls have played? 
I mean, Detroit twice. I mean, I, I'm just, I feel like with NBA, you just have to get a little, little more time to, to get into it. But same thing with the Lakers. Like, I'm not, I don't, I do not have one foot off the bridge yet. I mean, this is just like, come on. I, I'm just. It's, uh, it's overreactions, right? Like, we all want to make these big statements about what a team is going to be after, I don't know, seven days of action. And you can't do that. That's why they play 82, right? That's why we do this. And so let's talk about the Lakers. I think they were obviously one of the big statements. Um, Case in point, we are taping this on a Tuesday. This will release on a Wednesday. LeBron is questionable for tonight's game. But do you have any concerns about the Lakers after the first week of the season? Well, I mean, look, I I had concerns before the first week of the season. Like, I think that, you know, it's, it's, can they, can they get, I mean, they'll be fine. I think they'll be quote unquote fine if they get to the playoffs and they're healthy. As we saw last year, they got there, but they weren't healthy. And, and, you know, we one and done and, you know, and away they go. So with the roster comprised of it, such as it is, the, the age of the guys, you know, you're still going to have to ball every night in the Western Conference. I mean, nobody wants to be that. And I'm sure they don't want to do the play in game, um, you know, scenario again because of, of, because of how that went. So on the one hand, I think it's this delicate balance of playing to make sure you've got somewhere between like, I mean, obviously not going to be one, two, three, but somewhere between you know, four and six, you know, I'd like to say, but that, that, that would be my concern. You just, but how do you, you want to make sure they have enough rest, but you also, you know, don't want to be scrapping the last month of the season. Cause that actually, that doesn't do anything for you either. If the last month of the season becomes the playoffs, you know, for your team now you're, you know, so you're right back where you started. So I, yeah, it, I, yeah. well, I was just going to say that if you're consistently having to like play every game, like it's a do or die situation in March and the early parts of April, then everything that you've done leading up to that moment, whether it's resting LeBron to make sure that he's healthy or roster management to make sure that, I mean, let's be honest, it's the oldest roster in the NBA by a long shot. Um, you have a lot of players who are basically coming together that, I don't want to say still think that they can do it, but have ambitions of winning an NBA title together when they're at their best. Right. And I do think that when they're healthy, when they're at their best, if they are working out the way that the Lakers front office thinks that they can work out, then it's going to be really, it's going to go well, but I don't, we're a week into the season. LeBron has injury concerns. I don't see how they stay healthy how they stay manageable. And let's put it like this. The Lakers outside of AD and LeBron and maybe Westbrook, they have no assets to play with. They have no money to sign anyone midway through the season. And so this is what they got. This is who they are. And that's a concern if I'm a Lakers fan personally. Yeah. I mean, I know it's kind of attractive in it from a sense. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the team I'm, I'm, what, 10, 10 years ago where, you know, uh, 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 Peyton comes over and, and, uh, you know, just some, some other, some other guys just kind of, just kind of, you know, showing up to, to, to do the same thing, you know, kind of chase, chasing the title and like, well, let's see if we can't get one more out of, out of, out of this group. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not buying it. I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, if they get to the playoffs, or they get to the second round, that would probably be a huge success. I mean, that, that's, that, that's just kind of, how I'm saying it 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, a a roster that included LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and Rajon Rondo. 
you'd say hands down probably the best in the NBA, right? Well, but the, but that's but the, so the key words you just said ten years ago. I mean, that's <laughs> insane. I mean, like, I mean, first off, hats off to all of them to be able to be even in the conversation to be able to even think that it's possible to do this. And who knows? It, it might be. I'm just saying, as you know, so many things are going to have to go right in order for that to happen. And then, you know, looking over your shoulder, you know, the Golden States of the world, the Clippers, maybe this is the year. I, I don't know. You know, the, the up and comers, the Memphises, they like, you know, Denver hasn't been quite right. Utah didn't really quite get it together. Like, there's just such a, if any one of those other things, you know, one of those other teams kind of puts it all together and gets on a run, like, really, the Lakers are going to, you know, stop them. I mean, I, I but, but, you know, so let, 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 let me ask you this. So Lakers, Clippers, like, you, you think that, do you think this is the year that the Clippers kind of get out of the shadow? Of the Lakers? Mm-hmm. I, I think they kind of got out of the shadow last year. You know, I, no, I think true, there was, true. I think there was a lot made about the combination of AD and LeBron, but I, I mean, outside of a bubble filled championship, that basically had a month and a half of a hiatus for LeBron to get his body right. We have not seen a healthy LeBron through an entire season since his Cavs days, right? Since the last year that he was with the Cavs. Um, He's never had a, I don't want to say never because this can come back to bite me, but outside of a pandemic shortened season during his Lakers tenure, we have not seen him healthy for a full year. Look, I, 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 I'm going to agree with you on, on, on that. But at the same time, I think that pandemic championship was a lot tougher than um, how people are making out to be. I mean, there was, there was everything from kind of the, the not knowing. I mean, you know how it is. There were cycles. Guys get, they get their body right. Their, their, their mind is, okay, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at April now, which means X. I'm in May, which means Y. That was blown apart. Nobody really knew what this was, how this was going to work, what it's going to be like. Um, you know, people not seeing their families. And I'll be the first to say that, you know, people, players talk about not seeing their families. Okay, well, we have something called the US military that goes months, if not years without seeing their family. So let's put that in a box and just acknowledge that. It, it's always, you know, just something facts or facts. Um, and, but, but at the same time, there was no travel. So, you know, you, you, you basically went back to the hotel. And they didn't have to worry about jumping on planes. And I would imagine for a guy like LeBron, that was an incredible um incentive not to we're not incentive but incredible boost not to have to you know do all that extra flying um at his age but i mean but you know i I think in a lot of ways like i said i think the title was you know was certainly earned i mean teams were coming up oh i'm i'm not i'm not questioning the legitimacy of the title i'm just saying that there are a few people that know how to train and keep their body right um outside of like their day-to-day basketball routine like I'll, i'll i'll put it this way if Cole Anthony or like Mo Bamba weren't in their day-to-day NBA routine of shoot around, lift, nutrition, all that jazz, right? Everything that goes into like an NBA uh, day-to-day during the season. And you take them out of that for month and a half to two. Do you think they're training the same way? No. And I would say LeBron's probably training harder. Just Based on, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I I think nobody has the same work ethic that LeBron does. And so I think he used the the time to get his body right, to get his mind right. And 
to get ready for a stretch run that he knew was coming. And I think that's a lot harder to do in the span of a six month grind, right? Like you're not afforded those same opportunities, especially when you know that you're chasing just to get into the playoffs. Uh, fair, fair, fair. Um, so, so, so speaking of chasing, you know, we got a team that is, you know, legitimately going to be chasing uh, now that they don't have their, their star point guard for, for a time. Uh, but would, I would be, of course, speaking of the Brooklyn Nets and with no Kyrie, what, what are your, what, what were you saying? What were you yelling into, um, when all of this was going down and, and what are your thoughts now? All right, Otto, let's look at it this way, right? Like one of the reasons I have a hard time like fully wrapping my head around this is Kyrie plays in a city, plays for a team where that he's unvaccinated, right? And he plays in a city that has a very hard line stance on if you're vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated. But where I'm having a hard time with some of the conversations that are happening is like, if I look in my backyard and I look at the NBA team that plays 10 miles down the road from where I live, Jonathan Isaac is an unvaccinated NBA player that he's injured right now, but he's still allowed to be around his team. He's still allowed to be at practices and do all that jazz just simply based on the city that he lives in and the rules that happen within that city. Right. And so it's, it's tough because when you look at those two players side by side and you're like, well, why is Kyrie getting so much blowback for not being vaccinated where Jonathan Isaac is not right now on the other side <laughs> is the conversation that Kyrie has a lot more influence and pull within the league, right? Like there's, there's no doubt about it. Kyrie's voice, his talent level, what he's accomplished and what he's done. He, he's earned that. Um, but I have a hard time criticizing someone because they can't be part of their team and they can't play with them because of that decision. Now, my personal reasons aside, he should be vaccinated. He should get himself vaccinated because it would help out everybody else around him. It would make his team more comfortable and he could do the thing that he loves to do. Right. Um, but it's hard to say that like he absolutely has to be vaccinated because he wants to play when Jonathan Isaac is afforded the same opportunity to play with his team and to be around his team when he's unvaccinated. So, I mean, to me, that means the NBA needs to have a bigger conversation, right? About how they're treating their vaccinated and unvaccinated players. Well, that's right. So there, there are a couple of things, as you mentioned, like one is, does the league need to have multiple, you know, is, is it, is it fair? Someone could say, is it fair to have multiple policies? Um, but you know, this country is, is very diverse. Um, yeah. You know, living in, you know, New York city is not like living in, I mean, Orlando Shore, but, but, you know, um, Oklahoma city or you know, pick any area. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, uh, let's, let's put it this way, Otto, I can walk down the street and not have someone within my shoulders for easily eight to 10 feet. Right. Well, guess Kyrie what? walks down the street in New York city. He's probably shoulder to shoulder with someone. Well, guess what? I mean, most NBA guys live in a place where it's more of that existence where they could walk down the street for eight to 10 minutes and not come into contact <laughs> with anybody. If we're being honest. And on game day, it's the same experience for everybody. It's not like Kyrie is strap hanging, you know, taking, yeah. taking, taking the train, <laughs> taking the subway to, to, to work. I mean, come on, let's like, let's not know if Kyrie did take the subway to work. I love that. Oh, so I like, so, so like back, back in the day, like you used to have ballplayers that would like 
literally take the subway to um, to Yankee Stadium and Polo Grounds and all that kind of stuff. But but that, Ben I mean, Zobris would Ben Zobris would ride his bike and take the L train to Wrigley Field when he played for the Cubs. Like, why not? Let's bring it back. But but let's get this conversation yeah. back yeah. on track. Like, yeah. like like finish what you were trying to say. Yeah. So I mean, like the 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 dual NB the dual policies. Like I I get it because of the the city, but. I mean, as, as we've established, players players kind of, I think for the most part, unless you're someone who's like living in a high rise in the middle of smack dab in the middle of Manhattan, you know, all right, fine. That's that's kind of the outlier. Most people, even those who are playing in New York, like live in Westchester or they live in a suburban area and then they go into an arena that has 20,000 people in it. So whether they're, I mean, so, so there's a lot of similarities there. The, the part that I really kind of lose my, you know what, is like this bit about having to do a lot. I haven't done my research like you know like i mean i, I yeah. people have said it before but like this business about like you know let me take out my stethoscope and like go into my lab and do my research like come on man like you know but here, here here's my research yeah well well so, so that line is an easy yeah. cop out right that's that's an easy way of saying that like i don't really want to do the research and i don't really want to look at the larger picture because what's not being said is isn't these NBA players have a full comm staff, not to mention someone like Kyrie probably has his own personal staff mm-hmm. and his own personal team that can get him the information for him to make a decision. Right. So Absolutely. I'm yeah, with the, you 100%. Yeah, it's not, the, it's not like me and you who are maybe like, I'm going to Erica and being like, Hey, what'd you read today? You know, yeah, right. or you're going to your wife or your right. kid. Right. 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 <laughs> no, the, I mean the, the problem, you know, here, here's my research. 700,000 people are dead. Case closed. That's like, that's, I mean, unless 700,000 death reports are like death certificates are not accurate, which no one is alleging that that's, that's happening. Then what are, what, I mean, they, there's your, there's your science, there's your data. So, I, and, and I guess the, the extended, the extended philosophy here is that people see a guy like, I mean, people could talk about, you know, role models, Charles, Charles Walkley, I'm not a role model. Okay, fine. Put that in a box to the side. The reality is somebody's going to say he didn't, ha- he didn't have it. He's not doing it. Uh, and so that's the, that's the part that's unfortunate. There are people who are, you know, like literally living on top of each other, you know, in apartment houses or in other, other setups that like really, really, really do need to do need to yeah. get it. If not for them and for other people in their family. But I mean, that's the same thing we've been talking about for the last year and a half. Do you think sometimes Kyrie just likes to play the part of the anti-hero? <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, it, it, it certainly comes off that way. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, the end game, you know, is, is for him. I mean, but I, I on a certain level, you do kind of wonder, it's, it's a fair yeah. question to ask. Yeah. Because like th- there are times, and I, I remember it during his Duke days. I remember it during his Celtics days, during his Cavs days where he does want to be admired by the fans and he does want to be um you know a a symbol for what an nba player can and should be right and it just seems like sometimes he has a hard time picking and choosing the stance that he thinks is the appropriate one almost you know like the 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 perfect example and maybe this is a, a different wedge but like when he told the Celtics fans at an open practice that he wanted to be back. Right. And he didn't want to be back. Like he (coughs) wanted to go and form a team with someone else. Like it wasn't a good fit for him. 
where like sometimes this just feels like he's picking the wrong battle and in return it's one hurting his legacy it's two hurting his team and three it's hurting a player that I think honestly has like high aspirations. And part of the reason he wanted to go to Brooklyn was because he wanted to win his own championship outside of LeBron. And I don't know, man, like it's, it's, he's perplexing because, and I think a lot of people have thought this about Kyrie for so long is that like, he is so talented in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like we've never fully gotten to see that. And I, I, I definitely, I, I get you. I get you. Uh, so sticking with the Nets, um, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking about the, the other, one of the rules that have come into effect, the, uh, the, the, the emphasis calls we have, you know, my, my favorite, you know, the, the jumping into, to, to guys on the, on the foul shot. That's, that's the worst, right? Uh, now the worst being just, I, I hate the, that whole play. I've the hated act of that doing play it or... forever. The, the okay. act of doing it. Yeah. Okay, right. Sorry. Yeah. Like the full act of like physically jumping into a defender because you know it's going to get called every time is almost as bad as the flop. Like it's, it's, it's a smart put. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. No, it's a smart no. play on the offensive player because he knows he's going to get the whistle. Yeah. Right? You're, you're gonna, and if you're, and if you're, you know, if you're um, uh, um, hardened or if you're Curry, you know, you're getting three points either way. You're going to, you know, either got a four point play or you're going to go to the line and probably knock three down. So, but it's, no. but it's like, why, why for so long did we penalize the defensive player? Because the defensive player is not doing anything. He's sitting there with his hands up 90% of the time. And if someone's jumping in, you're like, what do you want me to do? You know, like I can't, I can't lean back. I can't take a step back because then I open myself up to a block too. So, I'm I'm glad that that is there, and I yeah, it's, it was kind of like chuckling when I saw oh guys still t- oh yeah it's right I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but I'm I'm really happy that play is there um, because I think it's gonna it's gonna open up a lot of things. I think it's gonna clean up the game, or at least I hope it does. You know, there's a lot of wonky stuff in the NBA, um, but I am curious about this. And we kind of closed last season talking about this, and I feel like we always bring things back to the Sixers. Um, one, because they're like the team that just never, never quite reached their potential, right? It's, it's like me in high school playing baseball. Like Surpri- I could have been really good, never reached my potential though. Surprise, it's a process. It's a process. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ben Simmons, obviously at the close of last season during the playoffs, he has become famous now or infamous for his missed dunk opportunity, right? And it spiraled over into some comments that were made in post game. And then we kind of had this long drama throughout the course of the summer where would Ben Simmons return to the Sixers Would the Sixers try and deal him what was going to happen with the makeup of that roster. Then it comes out, Ben Simmons isn't going to return to the team. He's going to hold out until the Sixers do trade him. Then he comes back for training camp. He participates in a few practices. He's thrown out of practice by Doc Rivers. It's this whole thing, right? I guess the best question is, what is the path forward for Ben Simmons? And outside of some of the things that, he's expressed to the team about making sure that he wants to get his mind right. And he wants to make sure that moving forward, he's in the best possible mindset for this club. But I, I think the larger question here is Otto is 
what is his team outside of the Sixers, like his personal team telling him? And I thought this for the long time, like Ben Simmons is not making these decisions in a vacuum, right? Like he's not personally the one saying, I'm not going back to the Sixers unless they trade him. Like that's his agent and that's his team saying, hey, you got to get out of Philly, right? You can't be there. They're not doing anything for you. But at the same time, like what has he done to make himself marketable for another team to take a chance on him? Well, that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, he's kind of, you know, boxed himself into a corner. I mean, look, you know, all of this comes back to, and I, you know, I, I, I think if we've learned anything over the last you know, year or so when it comes to athletes in the performance of certain tasks that whether they're mundane, like shooting a free, free throw, or a triple backflip, whatever the hell it is that, that, that Simone Biles does, you have to be, you know, your mind has to be right. And we've, we've seen this time and time again. And so I'm not gonna sit here and tell anybody like, well, you know, just, just get better at it. I mean, but at the yes. same time, there is a certain responsibility for whatever aspect, if it, you know, if it is truly a physical thing, then it's, you know, get yourself in the gym and knock down some shots. If it is truly a mental thing, then, hey, something should have been said before and now not not saying yes to say to me but yeah. something should have been said before so it didn't get to the point where people are kind of lampooning him for not throwing it down when there could have been some other more serious issue lurking there but to bring it back to you know what happens moving forward i mean i mean unfortunately there was it i thought things went too too hard too fast just like crazy talk going back and forth and now i mean if you so if you're another team, do you, do you want them? No. And, and that's, that's part of the problem. And right. I think that's where like the genesis of my confusion comes with the way that his team and he has handled this situation is like, and, and I, I agree. I want a hundred percent stand with what you just said. If your mind's not right and you need help, you need to take the steps to get there. And if this is truly what has been the problem, then I'm happy that he came out to his team. I'm happy that they're having these conversations now and he's taking steps to better himself. But my problem with it the entire time was if I'm bad at my job, Otto, right? Like, like if I, if I go to my job and I make error after error after error and just nothing is ever, if I don't personally take the steps to get better, then how am I marketable at my next job, right? Like what potential employer, if they see everything that I've done at my prior job, like when would they ever go, hey, I want to hire this guy, right? And that is what every single NBA team did during the playoffs. And it's what they've done after the playoffs is they've looked at one, how that playoff series went down because everything is magnified in the playoffs. And if I'm a team and if I'm acquiring someone with that contract and his ability, then I'm looking at what have you done to get better since, <laughs> right? right? And just everything that's happened afterwards with his messaging, with the way his agent has handled it. If I'm a acquiring NBA team, it's, I'm not giving up anything to take him on. No, and, and, and that's what he wants. Like, if you want to get out, then work with the Sixers to find you a new home. Don't do everything to make it that much more difficult on them because they can't. 
Uh, no, exactly. But but there was one other thing that you'd mentioned in the in the in the analogy of having a job, and if I'm doing my job, and if I'm there's one, but there's one thing that I'm, you know, if yeah, you know, I'm working I'm working in a restaurant, and I make burgers great, I make the milkshakes great, but I always manage to burn the fries. You know, you might want to pull the dude aside and said, hey, this is this is how we make fries, and or this is how we make a free throw, like like that kind of thing, like on to to some degree. And I you know this is where you know, the kind of the, the modern athlete and the, and the whole apparatus surrounding the athlete and who, who has the ability to tell a player, uh, particularly a player who came into the league with Ben Simmons, you know, everything going, going around him. Um, you know, does a team, does a coach have the ability to, you know, tell a guy, hey, look, you, you really, you really got to get better at this. Like that, those, those are tough conversations and not everybody can pull those off. You know, certain, certain coach, coaches, I feel like a, like a coach Kerr, you know, can pull guys aside and has that has that cred. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Doc doesn't because the other the other side of it is you have to have somebody who's a willing yeah. participant and wants to receive the information but that you're trying to impart. But it's a, it's a good point because Doc Rivers has won a championship. He's taking he's oh, yeah. taken teams to Western Conference Finals. He's taken them to championship finals. It's not like it's perfect example. Jamal Mosley, Atlanta Magic, right? Rookie head coach. It's not like Jamal Mosley pulling Ben Simmons aside and saying, hey, man, I've looked at the tape. I can fix you. I know exactly what's wrong, and we're going to do this, this, and this. Now, Jamal Mosley might know how to get him there, but if those two conversations, one's coming from Jamal and the other one's coming from Doc, who has the more credibility, especially from an NBA standpoint? Well, then, Doc, true. It's Doc Rivers, hands down. True, true, true. but but you know that, that would that – would... Like Jamal would be in a tough place if, if say, uh, Simmons's free throw shooting percentage was like sixty-five or sixty-eight, but you know, or or you're like in the seventies. But when it's not that, or, or not close to that, guess what, dude? You're wrong. <laughs> it's just like this. It, it's kind of a it's kind of a cut and dry. J- Jamal could literally bring Ben Simmons down to the court that's like five feet away from my house and be like, "All right, I'm gonna have you line up, and I'm gonna have you go up against Aaron Berlin, who's this schmuck." Um, and we'll see who makes more free throws. And if Aaron makes more free throws, then we got a problem. And do you, you know re- do you, do you remember make more free throws? Do you, do you remember like as a kid, like if, if we played on a on a team, team or you or just shooting around? I'm gonna make. I, mean, I used to say this to myself. I'm gonna make three free throws or five three or whatever it is, and then I can leave practice in a row. You well, remember doing something like well, that? Well, 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 how about this, Otto? How many teams were picked based on kids who made free throws and kids who missed free throws, right? Like, like you line up and you're like, all right, I'm going to, all right, you make your free throw, you're on my team. Next person makes his free throw, he's on that team, right? Yeah. How many yeah. teams do you think Ben Simmons missed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 30? <laughs> like- Man, I, I hate to say that, but it's just like, how is that a skill that was never developed at any level? Uh, yeah, it, yeah I, I, I got, I got nothing there. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how. I mean, I've, I've kind of, I don't want to be the old guy, but, but damn, like, like damn, man. Like. Okay, real quick, because I do want to talk about the NBA 75th anniversary team. But yeah. before we get there, I wanted to get your take on um, opening night, at least for the Hawks, was against the Mavs. It was inside State Farm Arena. It was a battle of two players that are forever going to be tied to each other. One is Luka Doncic. The other is Trey Young. Um, what happened to the Mavs that night? And huh. does that make you concerned at all for Dallas? 
Uh, I, I mean, look, they, they got, they got, I mean, everything is new with them. They got, they got, they got a new coach. They got a new GM. I mean, obviously the, the core, the core is, is Luca and it, and it, you know, forever will be, or at least the next you know, 10 years. Whatever. Um, yeah, they got, they got smoked. I mean, it was a 30 point loss, 40 point loss. I mean, yeah, I, it was bad. I, I, when you start counting by tens, <laughs> like, <you're> like <laughs> Um, but look, it, you know, it, like I said, it, I think it's 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 a long season. I'm not gonna, I'm, you're not gonna find me overreacting to any any um, you know loss or, or or win, you know, in, in week one. I think you know, if anything, um, you know, we we recall what what the Mavs, I think the Mavs put a put a put the shellacking on the on the Clippers early in the season, or was it or was it a Christmas Day game? They had they beat them by like 50 points. Like, yeah. And you know, so and what happened in the playoffs? You know, they lost. So, you know, to, to the same team. So, like, you know, um, and during, during during the regular season last year, the Knicks swept the Hawks. Didn't go that way in the playoffs. So while I, you know, you you want to see maximum effort every night, you know, you also have to you know, understand that, that certain things aren't just going to go. Um, now, now, you know, they start putting up some of these double digit stinkers a couple of games in. You know, if they're you know making this up, if they're you know. Grade seven. I'm like, okay, we need to we need to pull it back, have a have a conversation. But but for right now, like, I'm sure right. it's not. So so, so so Otto is not ready to hit the panic button. Not no, not quite no, there yet. No. Plus, they were going into a buzzsaw, right? Like Atlanta's got a lot going for it right now. Home opener. They had just come off an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. They were feeling themselves a little and bit. Plus, That's a plus, tough situation. Yeah, and plus one more thing. Hey. The Cowboys are five and one. I mean, dude, it's yeah, like, and, uh, it's, and, and they're it's, probably going to, to be honest, they're probably going to go into Arrowhead and just like wax the turf with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I never would have thought that was even remotely possible you know, a couple of weeks ago, but we'll, you know, we'll see. It's bad. It's bad, man. I've watched seven weeks of this and I'm just like, what's going on here? Um, speaking of what's going on here, the NBA thought it'd be a great idea to list a, or to release a list of the 75 players who they deem as the most impactful, the most worthy of the 75th anniversary team for the NBA. Uh, one player that I thought was notable that was left out that I think got a lot of run was Dwight Howard. Was there anyone else you thought? Got snubbed. Uh, got got a little list here. So I mean, you know, back back in the day, I heard it. You know, Alex English was one. Um, uh, you know, Clay Thompson, obviously a more more you know guy who's in the league now. Although we have obviously you know clearly hasn't played the last couple of seasons. But but those are those would be the guy, the guys. Um, I mean, there were some others. You know, you can't be Matumbo. We could you know we could, could debate that. Some people were talking about Bernard King, but I like. I, I, I look, I, I know, I know Knicks fans will think I'm crazy, but you know, I, like, I think, I think that, that, well, put it this way. It'll be interesting when it's, when it's at, at 80, when it's NBA 80, now you expand, but the, the other, the other issue is, you know, five years from now, are we talking about Jokic? Are we talking about Devin Booker? Are we talking about John Morant? So, yeah. and, and, and this year, even though it's 75, they're actually 76 on the list. So, um, you know, and then Clay Thompson, presumably, Okay. So would it have been smarter for them to just say non-active NBA players? Like here's our 75th anniversary team, but we're not going to include active players. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think you do that. I think you have to have, I mean, there was, there was the, there was the, let me think of it this way. There was the currency of having guys doing their thing right now. I mean, the NBA knows very smart to know what's going on. You know, um, all of the social media, you know, you know, the apparatus was set up for, for guys to 
you know, congrats to, or to, to send out there, you know, I wish I was, or I thought I was good enough to make this list, but I mean, and that doesn't happen if you don't include current players, you know, I don't, think, I don't think Alex English is going to get on Twitter and, and, you know, and blow it up. Um, Why wasn't I on it? Exactly. Exactly. But I, okay. But I was surprised that Dwight wasn't on there. And we had this conversation yeah. a little bit off mic too, and yeah. we can maybe spend 60 seconds on this, mm-hmm. but has there ever been a player that, I'll, I'll say this, like when Dwight Howard was at the height of his powers, yeah, was easily a top five player in the league. And he had a sustained run as a top yeah. five player in the league. Yes, but did. have you ever seen a player just fall off as fast as he did? Mm. Um, it almost, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's crazy to think, but really when the Magic and the Lakers played in that NBA finals and, well, what, what was it? 2009, 2010 season is, mm-hmm. it was that year mm-hmm. that for the last eight years, is, is that fair to say Dwight Howard's kind of been a journeyman ever since yeah. he took that first contract in LA? Yeah. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting how his career, it's almost like, you know, first act, second act. And it was a hard, as you say, it was a hard turn. Like, you know, usually it's like a kind of like a, a step to that. And then a yeah steps down from that. I was just like a, you know, that kind of, but I, I don't, you know, yeah, I think the, 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 his time with the Lakers, I mean, you, you wonder how things would have gone if he never wound up with the Lakers, went to another team. I don't know what, what team it would have been, but I feel like that, that kind of, the, the narrative changed and it, it kind of was ne- never, never got back on track after that, at least not in the way that he had been seen or certainly wants to be seen. Yeah. And, and I'll say this. And as our great producer, Dan, Daniel Kramer points out, it was the 2008, 2009 season. Hey, I'm doing this all off the top of my head, Dan. I'm trying, I'm <laughs> trying here, but as Dan and Bruce also pointed out to us, the game drastically changed in the last decade. And I can't think of a player that it hurt more than Dwight Howard. Because he was the center that you would grow up and say, I'm just going to throw it down to that guy. And Dwight Howard never had to develop a shot, right? Like he didn't need to, he was that good. He was that imposing. He was that big. And it's a shame, man. It's a shame to see where he's at right now, but. Yeah. Look, I mean, like he's, he's still in the NBA. He's, he's, you know, playing for a Lakers team that, that could very easily contend, you know, I'm, you know, my hanky is dry. I, you know, there we go. My hanky is dry, man. I'm just, you know, uh, so that's where it is. That was dope. All right. We can't have a reunion episode, us coming back together, a new league year, without throwing out some kind of predictions, right? Of course. And so the top ones are who plays in the finals. Okay. League MVP, yeah. Rookie of the Year, uh-huh. Most Improved, and this is the one I don't have an answer for, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm always bad at this one. But, all right, let's start this with our predictions. Who plays in the finals, and who do you currently have winning it all? Okay. Get ready. This I'm, I'm, I'm going to mark this in my document, and we're going to revisit these in April. Yeah, well, let's, let's do that. Um, I got I, – look, I, th- I think – the, the Nets' problems, I think, are going to are going to remain problems. Although it will be interesting if 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 COVID gets to a point where you know we we emerge from it and they and they walk back, um, 
that policy and within there's enough time to, to, to get that done, I could see the Nets making the NBA Finals, no question. But if they don't, I feel like the burden will be too much for them and I'm, and I'm going to pencil in Milwaukee going back. And, um, and I'm going to say they're going to meet up with the Golden State Warriors. That's right. What? That's right. I'm saying it. Clay's going to come right. back. Clay's going right. to come back. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, Steve Kerr did say they're chasing wins this year. Mm-hmm. And for a team that good that was depleted by injuries, mm-hmm. the best possible thing is for you to have multiple injuries at once so yeah. that you can restock your roster, you can restock your bench, you can replenish your draft picks. That's not a, that's not a bad decision, Otto. That's where I, I'm, I'm putting, putting it all, putting it all in the bay. Wow. Wow. All right. So I do think this one's going to surprise you. I'm a believer in the Trey Young experience and okay. I am a believer in the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. And I was so impressed with what they did last year during the Eastern conference finals. Mm-hmm. I'm saying let's, let's, let's say this, the Braves are going to win the world series and the Atlanta Hawks are going to be right behind them in okay. the NBA finals. I'm not saying they're going to win the finals, but I will say this, they will make the NBA finals this year. Okay. Okay. You don't seem shocked by that. I really thought that well, you would, uh, you'd be well, more a, excited about that one. As it, well, as, look, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking down the, the list of teams and I'm like, okay, I mean, four teams in the, in the Atlantic are going to make, are going to make the playoffs. But not a single, I mean, but it's very conceivable that not a single one of them is going to get to the, is going to get to the finals or possibly even the conference finals. You know, Knicks, Philly, Brooklyn, Boston, they all make the playoffs, but I could very, very easily see Atlanta, Milwaukee in the, in the, in the Eastern Conference finals. And I'm just, I'm just saying this Milwaukee had their hands full with the Hawks, you know, it, yeah. uh, but also, you know, that Hawks team lost to a Milwaukee squad that had an injured Giannis. So maybe I'm overthinking this too much. Maybe I should just go with the tried and true Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis is that good. And Chris Middleton is that good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Western conference. This is interesting. This is tough. This is tough because I don't want to ride that Warriors train because I can't say the same thing you did. All right. I'm going to say this. And you know who I love. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Grizzlies, man. Mm. Going with the Grizzlies and John Morant. Okay. Okay. I, I will ride John Morant as far as he is willing to take me. Okay. All right. Well, Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. That that shoot. That'll that'll be a that will that that would be an interesting one. Would you watch a Hawks and Grizzlies series? Well, I think everybody would. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, look, those two guys going at each other in the, in the NBA Finals. I mean, I mean that. Look for the, for the for for what the league is selling and for where they want to go and and who's got next and all that. That, that is a great series. I mean, you can't say that, that's not a great series. That would be fantastic. Jaws um, athleticism, Trey's shooting ability. And by the way, I'll take Hawks and seven. Okay. Well, Hawks and I'm, seven. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'll say, I'll say, look, I'll say be safe. I'll say uh, Milwaukee and six. You know, All right. Yeah, all right. Cool. All right. League MVP. Who you got? Uh, damn. <laughs> this is, this is tough. Um, who you got? You go first. Well, here's here's the thing. If the Memphis Grizzlies are making the NBA finals, well, then, yeah, then, John. then they're riding John Morant all the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, then that, and that's clear if they, if they get to that point. But I, I'm yeah. not willing to say that Ja is a league MVP yet. I think Ja is definitely an all star. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't think Giannis can win it again. I don't think the 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 voters would do that again. See, well, you know, it's it's yeah. the same reason why LeBron's not the MVP every year, right? Well, and the, I mean, you can make the case he wouldn't be now, but 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 back, yeah. I mean, I was actually wondering if if there's like some kind of Steph Curry reunion tour, or 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 you know, like you know, going going that way. I mean, because because Giannis obviously would 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 be the yeah. guy, but it, but I don't know, you know, if. To, to your point, if if a Warriors team is you know is in a is in a top three spot and it's you know clear that that Curry shoulder shouldering the load, then then there you go. So that's so I'll, I'll be I'll, just like you're consistent. I'll be consistent as well. So that, that's why I actually wrote it down. So um, we got rookie of the year. I wanted to say Jalen Suggs for being spurred at number five, right, to the Magic. But his first week in the NBA has not been good. His shooting numbers have been atrocious. Uh, actually, Wagner has been the better of the two rookies for the Magic this year, which I'm kind of surprised. Um, but I've been I've been pretty impressed with Evan Mobley mm-hmm. so far early on. So I'm going to go Mobley. Although I, I'll say this, nobody has really stuck out to me so far in the rookie class. But I also haven't paid that close of attention to the rookie class so far this year. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's a long season. Ultimately, I think a guy like I think the the, the talk around Cade was was real, and I think that you know he'll he'll you know over over the course of the year, Cade is where most people go in. Our old um, producer Scott Turkin would be very happy for you. Well, you and, then, and then and then this and then this that and then this that you know you mentioned Detroit once. Um, well, what do you want to do that, Coach? Uh, let's. I don't really have answers for anyone else. Those, those were I got, like the... so I, I got I got some and I got I got some some thoughts behind. So all right, let's let's hear what you got. So because of what he is probably going to have to do this season, in the tightrope that he's going to have to walk, I'm thinking this might be a Steve Nash year. Interesting. I don't know if it's going to work, but this is what, that's what I'm thinking. He's he's got a tough situation, and if yeah. he can bring that Nets yeah. team together, I definitely think that's going to work. What about Jason Kidd? Uh, I mean, look, they'll, I, I don't see them as, you know, if, if they were a top three, I, I would, I would say absolutely. Um, but it feels like they're going to be right in that kind of four through six or pro- probably, yep. what am I saying? Like six, <laughs> six, seven. So like, so I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, you made the playoffs great, but I'm not, not taking, not taking the, you know, that out for them. Um, if, yeah. if Doc Rivers can get the Sixers team back on track and back to, or I think, <laughs> People know that they can and should be. And well, he that, easily wins it. That they, they're, yeah, that that's that's the other kind of like. There's a trend. there's a lot of coaches dealing with different things this year, and I, I think, yeah. and it's not just X's and O's. It's I think this is one of the tough years to be a head coach in the NBA. Yeah. One because you, I mean, it's the same thing that's going on with um, the National Football League too, right? Like you have to. One, you're managing your own rosters, and two, you're trying to figure out how you mesh people who have very hardline stances on things. And so it's not a year I'd want to be an NBA head coach, man. Well, good thing we're not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. 
All right, Otto, it'll be very interesting to see how our predictions play out. I'm just saying, Hox and Grizz. And grids, man. But it is time to wrap things up this week. Special thanks to our producer. His name is Daniel Kramer. And to our editor, my guy, Drew Rich, taking over the editorial duties for this show. Also, big ups to our king of content, our CCO and executive producer. He is the one. He is the only. His name is Double B, Bruce Bernstein. As for the rest of Pure Hoops Media has to offer, the Mike Wise Show each week brings you entertaining takes, incredible stories, and high-level guests. Monica McNutt and King McCore have buckets, boards, and blocks every Thursday. And BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday. And Otto and I are back each and every Wednesday with Catch and Shoot 2.0 and your NBA news and nuggets. Hey, new season, same wish. And we know what that is. It's that everybody gets their shot, gets their booster, get whatever you need to stay healthy and so we could finally bring this, bring this pandemic to an end. But as we all know, we're not there yet. So please protect yourself and others by wearing a mask, maintaining social distance and washing hands. Uh, don't forget the medical professionals and other frontline workers who are doing their part to keep us safe. So for my partner, Aaron Berlin, I'm Otto Strong. See you next week. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.